welcome everybody (laughs) welcome everybody to another episode of the cemetery files this is episode 22 we have a special guest miranda young ghostbiker explorations yes i can't wait um and why am i excited because she's a biker yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um we've had a few things been going on since the last time um Mm didn't you have an investigation recently? Uh, recently was a client. Uh, we okay. did. I did. A, um, I've got a client here in Portland that I'm working with that his place is very interesting. It's very, very gentle energy. Mm-hmm. Um, there. Um, I talked to you about it on our, our pre-show call where we've got a, an entity that goes back and forth. that paces right. back and forth. And okay. he looks like he might be Amish. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah this is gonna yeah, be I picked up on one. that too. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's going on with that place yet. Today's right. today's video from them was an orb that set off their motion sensor. Okay. Okay. So that was interesting. Right. So um you have one tomorrow going to <gasps> I do. I'm so excited. I got invited. Um, it, it, it was a bucket list item for me to investigate a haunted location on Halloween. It was, I wanted to do that all the time that I've been around for the last 13 years. So tomorrow night I will be at the Randolph County Asylum um, in Illinois. No, what's the name? In, of the Indiana. Indiana. Uh, Winchester, Winchester, Indiana, and I will be investigating that location with end of days paranormal. Nice. And you will, and and you will tap me when I get home from my, 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 uh, my, uh, I have a Halloween special with the ghost tour in, uh, so they're going to make that that an annual thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, it'll be a good time. But let's get to our guest. Absolutely. Brandy yes. Young. Let's get her Brandy on. Brandy Young, ghost biker. Here we go. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, I thank have, you so much. My for first me. question is how the hell do you carry your equipment on your bike? Or does somebody carry it for you? Well, <laughs> it, it depends on where I'm going. Um, I try to keep things light. Um, so I really, really pack and plan accordingly. I've kind of oh, created, uh, I've created these little packets that I have that has static cameras in them as well as several different trigger items. And they're just these, these little packs that fit right in my saddlebag and I'm able to uh, go in there, easy setup, easy tear down. And then, um, if I'm traveling with a camera person, then the camera person will sometimes carry larger stuff if I need something bigger. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really actually helps to not get lost in all the confusion and blur of the equipment. So I love it. Sorry. I just jumped right in. I was so excited about it. No, no, that's fine. fine. No, so uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the paranormal. I know it's a kind of a generic question, but, you know, with me- meeting you the first time, I guess, you know, we'd like to know. Sure, absolutely. You know, everyone's got their own paranormal journey, and it's always fascinating to to hear how people got started, because even though 
there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of differences as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, I really got into it from the storytelling side of things. I grew up here in the Appalachian Mountains of East Tennessee and so spent a lot of time with my grandmother. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandma was in her early 80s. She was born in uh, 1908. And so she grew up in the Appalachian Mountains and she spent a lot of time telling me stories about some of the, as we call them around here, haints and boogers. Uh, which would be essentially the the haunts or spirits and uh, cryptids. Of course, it also depended on what holler you were from because some of the people that they called the haints spooks, you know. Oh, so wow. you could really kind of tell where someone was from and how they were raised with what they referred to with the spirits. And so she always shared a lot of stories. She lived by the farmer's almanac and, you know, she planted by the seasons. And so... I really grew up steeped in that culture and, and learning about that. And so I spent a lot of time in the libraries reading different stories about, uh, you know, haunts in the Appalachians and different regions. And then spent a lot of time talking to people and hearing their stories. My dad used to also spend a lot of time on the weekends. We would go back roads riding and he would share a lot of stories of ghosts of the past, you know, buildings that used to be in places, towns that used to be big thriving towns that were no longer towns. So those were things that really got me started on that side of the paranormal. And really it just grew through my time um, going to college and, uh, and then going off to work. I still would spend a lot of time reading those different stories. Um, you know, like you may have something kind of targeted like haunts of Birmingham or something like that. Some of these local authors. Mm -hmm. And so um, back when uh, uh, just, just under 15 years ago, I was approached by a guy that I worked with and he asked if I would look at some photos and he saw that I had a background in photography. He was actually in HR. So um, he saw <laughs> my background. So he reached out and he wanted me to look at some different photos that uh, they had captured on some of their different investigations. He had been investigating at this point in time. I think he had a team for six or seven years at this point. Um, so they were, you know, a, a very experienced team. And so I started looking at images and, Really, my goal was to take these images, find out the story behind them as to why that they had taken them on their investigation and how they had taken them, what cameras they had used, et cetera. And then really try to determine if we could figure out what this was in the pictures, uh, if, I had, if there was an, a logical explanation for them. So I did this for a little while and then they invited me on my first investigation, which was of a uh, local bar and marina down in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so um, I did this investigation. And of course, like a lot of people, I was bit by the bug after that. I had watched some of the paranormal entertainment shows that were on TV and, and saw that, you know, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters at that time. And, um, you know, it was interesting to go in seeing how it is on TV and then going in and actually doing an investigation. And I'll never forget the first time I heard that EVP or had the flashlight react or the first time I was touched, you know, it was one of those feelings I couldn't explain because you're there and you're experiencing mm -hmm. this unexplainable behavior. And so um, I was invited to join the team. And so we went to a lot of commercial places. We also did a lot of residentials. We were essentially investigating at least, you know, once, once or twice a month. 
And so I was with the team for about eight years. I did their uh, photo analysis. I also uh, helped in putting videos out and doing marketing and such. But I was really going out a lot on my own, uh, on my motorcycle, really any opportunity that I got um, to go out and um, really doing more urbex or going to these locations and taking photos and sharing the stories about these unique locations on my social media. Uh, I was also riding my motorcycle to some of our local investigations that we were doing and kind of through a joke with one of my friends, I was like, you know, just call me the ghost biker. And uh, she was like, you know, I would watch that. And <laughs> being, being that, uh, you know, I spent 21 years as a marketing executive, my mind is always rolling with, with marketing and stuff. Right. And so I sat down and, and designed my logo and really kind of came up with the branding and a plan and still wasn't sure if I was going to release anything, but um, decided I wanted to do it as a season and have all the stuff filmed in advance and really highlight more um, places that aren't really um, over investigated and also ones that have unique stories that go with them to really work to really help the location as far as um, getting a little more well known. And then also, you know, even if we don't get paranormal activity. It's an interesting enough story that, um, you know, people might be interested to watch. Mm -hmm. And so I released my my first season. And of course, that was six seasons ago and ended up stepping away from the team just so I could devote time to uh, this personal project of mine. And really, the rest is uh, history from going to doing that to now being a uh, location co-owner and uh doing it as my full-time job now it's it's been a pretty incredible journey that wow. sounds like it i mean That's it sounds like you've just got yeah yeah right it's a dream i mean mm. so um support wise yeah support wise i mean did you have a lot of support going into this or were people kind of like oh i don't know about this or you know were you surrounded by people like that um well you know when it came to the team uh it was something that uh I didn't really set out to go investigating, but I was real intrigued and I liked the opportunity to be able to use my professional background in photography to uh, kind of see if we could essentially debunk or explain some of this. Mm -hmm. And um, my family was, they were supportive in the fact that uh, it was one of those things where it's like, Hmm, what is this? You know, mm -hmm. my dad was a uh, chemistry and physics teacher. So he really looked at a lot of things from the physics side. Mm -hmm. And I always liked talking to him about it to really kind of see if he could open some doors for me, just, just theorizing mm -hmm. and such. So, um, and to have him uh, be able to, you know, talk from a physics point of view, but also my dad was also very spiritual and um, he was a deacon in our church and he came at everything from not only the scientific, but also the religious aspect. It was a really neat combination um, because our faith is something that uh, has always been extremely important to myself and my family. So, um, so there was the support of, they knew this was something I enjoyed. I don't think that they thought that it would go as far as it did, but mm -hmm. my dad ended up passing away in 2019 oh, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but you know, he was, he was my biggest, biggest supporter and biggest fan. And I think he was honestly surprised at 
how things progressed. And mm-hmm. so to um, for me to be back home and uh, running a location in my hometown, I think he would he would probably be there every day and have it open like the Cracker Barrel sitting there talking to people right, as they come right, up. Right. Yeah. So you could still take a lot of that information that you shared those special moments with him. And you probably, um, I'm assuming you look back at those conversations and you probably think, what would dad say? You know, I mean, so, you know, so, you know, having that in your corner and that aspect is something that's really important, especially with family, especially doing something that's, you know, paranormal or abnormal or something where people don't quite understand. But Mm -hmm. I mean, me like be being in this in a lot of people i know that are into it are into it and they're supportive there's other people that aren't into it that because they don't know or they don't want to know and that's totally fine you know you're going to run into that no matter what you do but yeah um, you know know. to each their own Mm -hmm. and and it, it is, you know, we're in a challenging area um, here in, in the middle of the Bible Belt um, because you do have that yeah. conflict. You have the conflict be- between the religious beliefs yep. and and, mm-hmm. and the uh, spiritual or supernatural. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, we are in a very unique area as well because not only uh, most of the people are, even though they're religious, most are also spiritual. And oh, yeah. so um, the fact that they may not be out and open about whether they believe in ghosts or not, but I can tell you, I've had so many people come up to me and, and say, may not necessarily believe in um, the paranormal, but let me tell you about something strange that I've Mm -hmm. experienced or that Mm -hmm. my family's experienced. So it's a, it's an odd area for, Mm -hmm. for that. Um, But I got to say, maybe the whole Southern, adage prevails of you know if you can't say nothing nice don't say anything at all because mm-hmm. even though some people may not be supportive um i've at least not had backlash and to me right. i would rather take people being silent than taking people backlashing they just right. if they're not if they don't want to be involved they just don't get involved but the support has really been incredible if right. not anything just for the curiosity and you know kelly mentioned something earlier with being a biker um mm-hmm. my largest demographic is is motorcyclists or bikers nice. mm-hmm. and so there's no bigger more supportive community oh, than the oh, biker yeah. community. oh absolutely yeah and being able to have that in there mm-hmm. that's that's been the thing that's probably honestly been been the biggest support system for me has been my biker community right mm-hmm. right yeah and having all those bikers that do support you and you're talking about the grammic the the, the area that you you're kind of surrounded with mm-hmm. you know, it's an it's interesting just, area right it, and I, and i'm i'm I, sure you get i'm sure you get people yeah. coming out of the woodwork and saying hey what you know what are you about and this and that hey i ride a bike and you know and this and that i mean so it's just it's like a family i i mean i've mm-hmm. known a lot of bikers mm-hmm. and it's you own a bike it's part of a family. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, so many yep. times I've gone riding, I ride solo a lot, but I, any opportunity I can get somebody to ride with me, you know, we'll hop on the bikes and go. And I've met so many friends, whether it be stopping, you know, at some type of attraction uh, or stopping at a gas station, a biker will come up to you and they're like, what are you riding? Where are you going? You ride. And, yep. and so get a conversation going. There's always instant family or instant mm-hmm. connection um, mm-hmm. when you're at these events and people are on the motorcycles. And I just, 
you know, to me, to be able to combine the two, it was really a natural, a natural fit uh, because you've got the travel and you've got the, um, the travel aspect in both biking and paranormal. Mm -hmm. But as a biker, it's not necessarily about the destination. It's about the trip there. And so um, for me, it's a way to ground. It's a way to, um, um, you know, really combine those two, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just feel like it's, uh, it was just a natural fit. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that it took off as much as it did, but now I'm working with Harley Davidson on uh, different, uh, events that I have each year. And oh, wow. yeah, most of the people, yeah, they're that, very supportive of her. Very, they, they, supportive. they extremely are. And what's been the best part is you were talking about people maybe not necessarily knowing, but whenever I have a different Harley event or a biker event, a lot of the folks, they may not have heard of what I do, but it, it gets enough interest that they want to mm -hmm. come in and see, and then also share their story. So it creates a, a unique and interesting space. It's for that people. small it's door like, opens, you know, yeah. that's all it takes. Yeah. I was just going to ask how many bikers have come to you and go, I got this ghost story. <laughs> oh, countless numbers. And actually some of the investigations that I'm going to be doing in the future or that I've highlighted on my series have been ones that bikers have come to me and said, Hey, have you, you know, have you heard about this place? Have you traveled to this place? Nice. Um, you know, one of the things I always tell people, I mean, yes, you've got your incredible and, and, I hesitate to even say it being a location co-owner, but you know, you've got these amazing places like Lizzie Borden and um, mm -hmm. Waverly Hills, all these places that are very well known. But one of the things I always tell when I'm speaking is that if you take a map, close your eyes and touch anywhere on that map, I guarantee regardless of where you touch, you're going to find somewhere that has an interesting and compelling story that needs to be shared and needs to be investigated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. and sharing these stories just keeps the history alive. Mm -hmm. It Absolutely. doesn't let it go into into the dust and away in the wind. It just it's I that's one of the reasons why I got into it was to share the stories, to tell Absolutely. the stories. And right. it's there's no stopping of it. <laughs> they keep coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, can you talk a little bit about your place that you co-own? Yeah, so uh, so I co-own the historic Scott County Jail Museum, which is located okay. in Huntsville, Tennessee. It's in my hometown. And so um, when I was a kid living there, the jail was actually in operation. It didn't close down until 2008. And uh, it closed down at that point because they had uh, uh, built a new jail. Now, um, after it shut down, it sat vacant uh, until 2017 when the town of Huntsville gave it to, or excuse me, when Scott County gave it to the town of Huntsville. They ended up getting a $75,000 tourism grant to fix the windows, the nice. heating and air, to paint and kind of freshen it up. Um, the mayor of, of Huntsville, he had such a great vision uh, of wanting to restore this location, but he just didn't know quite what how he wanted to do that. And so um, he had had a lot of different offers from people, everything from wanting to open, you know, businesses in their uh, offices. Um, I think even maybe a tattoo parlor or something. There was a lot of people who had come in doing um, presentations and he just really didn't know what he wanted to do. And so um, in 2019, my dad passed away and I wanted to move back home closer to um, uh, be closer to my mom to help her. And so um, I ended up leaving corporate, um, 
working in marketing there, stepping away, moving back here to the area. And so I reached out to my friend, uh, Christy Sumner, there with Soul Sisters Paranormal, and said, you know, the, the jail has sat vacant. Uh, they're not doing anything with it. I talked to one of the county commissioners. He had informed me that, uh, you know, nothing was happening with it. And so um, we got together and wanted to open it, not just open the doors for paranormal investigators, but because this was such a community building with such a rich history, mm -hmm. we wanted to make it accessible to the public, to anyone that's not just interested in the paranormal, but interested in history as well as following up on, uh, you know, just being able to go in because true crime is something that's really big right now. And so um, we reached out and, to the mayor, got a meeting set up and I went to work designing um, merchandise and uh, Chris and I got together on a business plan and the mayor and, and the aldermen were all about it. And so uh, we opened in September of 2021 we offered general daytime admission tours for the true crime museum. And then in the evening, we have after dark programs where we do uh, flashlight tours, guided ghost hunts, and we've had over 125 uh, private paranormal teams that have come in to investigate. Um, and then we did end up expanding in May of uh, 2023. We um, This is something that had been about six months to almost a year in the making. Um, we met with Historic Rugby Inc., which is about 20 miles from the jail, and uh, partnered with them. And so we're over there after dark uh, investigations, as well as uh, after dark tours program there at Historic Rugby wow. as well. That's, That's awesome. really awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. So awesome. it sounds like that you have quite a bit on your plate. So. I do. I do. We're, um, uh, especially this time of year, we're, uh, tonight is actually the season finale of my season six. Awesome. And so, um, this season I've, because I've been so busy, um, this season I've actually done every single episode live. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been investigating, um, heritage museums, um, heritage museums, Life, mountain life centers, that sort of thing. Um, anything that kind of has that uh, uh, pioneer museum or old village. Uh -huh. And so, um, so I've this season I've traveled here in Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Virginia. And then tonight, I'm actually, after we're done with the podcast, traveling to Kentucky for tonight's season finale. So, um, Where you so yeah, it's been kind of different doing it live. Where are you going to be at for that one? You know, I'm, I'm actually going to be in, um, I, I could probably go ahead and say a little bit. I'm actually going to be up in Renfro. Just the county. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be up in uh, Renfro Valley area. Okay. Yeah. Tonight is actually somewhere special. Uh, oh. I am not the, most of these locations have not been investigated before or have been investigated very little. Wow. Um, last week I was in Appomattox, Virginia at uh, Clover Valley. Uh, village there, or excuse me, Clover Hill Village, and uh, which was a part of, um, you know, it's on the back side of the battlefield there. Um, the week before that, I was at Haygood Mill in uh, Haygood, South or Pickens, South Carolina. And before that, I was up in London, Kentucky at the Heritage Museum there. And then before that, I was in uh, Rugby, Tennessee at uh, the historic village of Rugby. Wow. So we've covered everything from Victorian <laughs> villages to 
right? Tonight it's going to be an old home yeah. place there. In so where Florida. where can people where 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 is your show broadcast? Uh, it's broadcast on uh, uh, the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook page and the Ghost Biker okay. Explorations YouTube channel. Okay. Um, we're also, uh, I believe it's also going on para, uh, broadcasting live on Parapost. Uh, and it's okay. Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And okay. the cool thing we're doing about this one is we're doing the lives. And then I do a live follow-up on Thursday nights where we mm -hmm. talk about it. And right. then uh, I'm actually going to re-release these episodes as produced episodes that's got footage that wasn't seen during the lives because we are doing wow. a little that's investigation. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Wow. Yeah, very <clears throat> nice. Yeah. So have you thought about maybe pitching your idea to a major network? Uh, I have actually had contracts signed. Uh, I've been in two contracts with uh, major networks. And um, to be completely honest, <clears throat> I'm glad that uh, the first one we had signed, it was just before COVID. And so we were in a nine month contract. We had multiple meetings with Travel Channel. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, I love self-producing because nice. once you get with a major network, you lose control. And right. um, the brand of Ghost Biker Explorations, uh, it's owned, trademarked, um, I I really like, I'm really particular about um, right. the As episode. You be. And such. Yeah. yeah. So um, honestly, I'm more interested in uh, like biker sponsorships and that sort of thing and working with uh, local tourism commissions and um, helping those locations in restoration. If I can use my show to do that, then that's something that's more important to me than a network because I do feel as though. Mm -hmm. I would lose control of what I wanted to put out there if I got right. the network. Absolutely, right. Right. yeah. And I think that a lot of that is where it's kind of heading now is there's a lot of paranormal teams that, yeah, they would like to have uh, their paranormal team be on a TV show or have a TV show. But what they don't realize, like you just said, you kind of lose the rights to all that. I mean, it's yeah. what, what they want to put out as content. And if you, mm -hmm. I can't say every every network is like that but in the general scheme of things yeah it's kind of like you know doing it yourself you know what mm -hmm. you're doing you know you know what yeah. what you're putting out you know that you're in control of the editing you're in control of all of it you know and so it's like being genuine you know it's and, and yeah. i'm not trying to say anything bad about the networks it's just the fact that there are different no. different avenues and different ways that that people can take you know to to try to make sure that they can keep their ideas themselves well and it's and it's about with networks it's about selling advertising i mean that's mm -hmm. that nothing negative and about you that. coming from that, that, is, that it's totally, area it's all about yeah. it yeah, it's it, all about yeah, selling that is, marketing. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it is. A show is mm -hmm. created based on its its marketing. Yep. When you truly look at networks, that's what it is. The show, honestly, when you're looking at the structure of things, the show is the filler. Even though we as consumers look at the advertising as filler, the shows the show is the filler to the advertisements. Mm -hmm. So it's about selling that. So you can't blame the producers no. and those mm -hmm. folks, because they're just doing when, when you know, they're just doing what they've got to do to mm -hmm. um, get people to tune in, getting people to tune in gets people to buy the product. And so it's all about having all those eyes on those advertisements. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, so whenever you, you look at that and um, I know of people who have shows and have been on networks 
they catch some really cool, compelling evidence, mm -hmm. but it's not always put out there or they don't catch it. And they've got to have something to draw the people in. That's one of the reasons I like doing the show um, the way that I do. I was very, very particular about how I put it out. I try to keep my shows um, shorter. Now, they've been longer with the lives mm -hmm. because they're very interactive. Right, right. And as right. long as people are, are helping me and interacting, I'm going to stay on. I mean, we had a four and a half hour live the other yeah. night. Um, and we had we had 70 people on watching at the time going back and forth asking questions. But um, as far as the actual episodes, I, I try to keep them between 20 and 40 minutes in length so that somebody can sit down. They're not overwhelmed and they um, can, can watch it mm -hmm. while they're on a break or they can watch it while they're eating. Cause personally, I don't have a lot of time to sit. I don't and, have time and do to sit and watch them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody's exactly. like, watch my YouTube, watch my YouTube channel. I'm like, I don't have time to sit down and watch. And you have hours. some shows. Yes. And so, um, so I try to keep it 20 to 40 minutes. We got some, some feedback after the first season saying, Hey, we'd like for this to be longer. So I try not to go any longer than 45 minutes. Each episode with my formula, it's got three parts. The first part is the travel and the, and the, um, some information about the town that I'm in to try to encourage travel mm -hmm. there. Um, this as to why I'm there, the history is first and foremost important. And then the investigation now trying to call, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours down to 20 minutes and still tell a cohesive story is a little bit of a challenge, but, um, but going in and showing and, and we try to put the people in the investigation they're either with me, I'm doing it vlog style, or I'm doing it with uh, a camera person following mm -hmm. me. But we show the things that are captured, but we also try to show that not something happens every minute. Because to me, the things you don't catch are just as important as the things that you do. And it really right. helps to validate that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been a formula that that's for me has worked well, because essentially I'm just documenting my, my journey. But and there's not the pressure. Um, I was a little worried on the lives because you don't know what's going to happen. And right. you want people to, you want people to be entertained to watch, but you also want people to, um, you know, to see what it's really like. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I've learned this season is one that people are very forgiving because they, you get in there and I don't like dead air, but you got to set up and you're right. going by what the people want you to do. So it's like, Hey, we've got these spots. We're going to investigate. You tell me what tools to use. You tell me where to go. And so while I'm doing that people and, and because we have internet issues, sometimes I had one night that my internet dropped out and I went to pull myself back up on the live stream. I was gone for about, you know, three to five minutes. I still had 30 people sitting there waiting and watching. And I was amazed and humbled that people were, were that interested to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's been probably the biggest thing I've learned this season from the live, but of course it's different than, you know, putting out a produced episode. And I just don't think, you know, if I was with a network, I don't think I would have that kind of grace no, or have. No. So maybe you need to create your own network. <laughs> I throw that into my timeline. <laughs> with no, I, well, I mean, it, it's you can laugh, but that's pretty much where you're going to keep all your content, and you're going to be able to do it. But you're going to also offer some something for somebody, you know, that that 
wants to do the same thing that you're doing, but don't want to take the chance of doing it in a major network. You know what I mean? So just something yeah. to, I know it's crazy. It sounds crazy, <laughs> but when I look at you and I see, man, she needs to make her own network because <laughs> seriously, just because you know, your, your content is, is up there. Thank you know what I mean? And, I, and so, I'm looking at her, I'm looking at Miranda with the same thing that when people suggest things to me, I'm like, and I'm going to find the time to do that when, <laughs> Right. It's, funny. <laughs> it's funny because um so you know we we run the jail and it's between me and chris and so um we split the day and the night tours and stuff and we're open five days a week and so i plan my investigations on my tuesdays and wednesdays when i'm off and so um but like today um i'm you know, because I do the marketing and stuff, I'm able to work from, from home and Chris is able to run the jail while I'm able to sit and do the marketing. But between all of that with the, uh, with the investigations and all that, I also do freelance marketing on the side too. So oh, I'm always sitting here as stuff comes in. Oh. It's like, Oh, I, I need to find time to do that because, <laughs> and you don't realize just how much time it does take as a content mm -hmm. creator. That's why I'm always just so amazed and humbled. I mean, every week I do a live stream podcast um, where I have authors and um, uh, other investigators, location owners on people who are doing things in the paranormal. Right. And I'm, I have the regulars that come on and the regulars that watch the show every week. And I'm truly honored and humbled when people will spend their time because time is so valuable that they spend their time wanting to see what, you know, what I'm doing mm -hmm. and what my con other content creators that put out there and they're the best audience because they follow the people, they watch the shows, they buy mm -hmm. the books, they go to the locations. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better group of, of supporters of the show and, you know, I'm just always amazed whenever I, I tune in and see people that are excited to see the content that that you put out. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what it's about, too. I mean, it's like, you know, it, well, the feeling that I get when I when I put something out, like when I put a story out or when I put out, you know, an experience or whatever, it's like it's sharing that story and having somebody appreciate it. And, and it's it's like, oh, it's going to stay alive with you, too. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it really excites me when people take those stories and they take them to heart and they go and they spread them out. It's just, yeah. it's mm -hmm. wonderful. Or you have somebody come up to you and say, Hey, remember when you, I met you and you told me this, you know, uh -huh. you told me, you know, and it, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and you remember those moments because of the fact that they're just that, that energy, you know, that positive energy. Yeah. And that's what a yeah, lot of it I is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, we just did an event, <clears throat> excuse me, we just did an event in Kentucky, London, Kentucky in mid-October. And it was a full-scale weekend. All the proceeds went to the London, Kentucky Shop with a Cop program. It was a partnership with the London Laurel Tourism Commission and with Harley Davidson there in um, uh, London. And it was really cool because um, the, the only way I get anything is from the sale of my Ghostbiker merchandise from the meet and greet. Mm -hmm. So we did a meet and greet that morning. We had people who had gone, this was the second annual. We had people who had gone to the first annual. They came by, saw us during the meet and greet. And then later that night, we did an investigation at a cave. And so we limited the number of people to 15 people just because we want it to be a good experience. Mm -hmm. And so um, we had, I know we had three people who had done the investigation last year that came back 
And then on Sunday, we did a free motorcycle ride that went to the Pinnacle at Cumberland Gap. Wow. And so we also limited the number of bikes that we had on that ride. Um, just because one ride we did, we had over a hundred bikes and that was not manageable. Right, no. right. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it was <clears throat> very, very intimidating. I, that's like, but, that's uh, like the toy ride every year. Holy. Yeah. Damn. This was just a haunted motorcycle ride and we had 101 bikes oh. uh, on that ride. Now in this one, we did limit it and we ended up having five people who uh, had done the ride last year, actually came back and did the ride. Now, the weather kind of hurt us a little bit because it did rain a little bit and it was cold. So we didn't have as many as we would have liked, but everybody enjoyed it. And um, to have five bikes actually return hey, on a ride that we had set at 15 bikes, um, I was I was really pleased with that. And I know that had the weather you know been better, we had definitely had more more probably return people you probably mm -hmm. had that at the end of september yeah. didn't you i had that mid-october mid yeah okay. october yeah. 14th and 15th yeah mm -hmm. we were coming back from Paris yeah and got caught in the rain that was my first time riding in the rain oh <laughs> yeah that was scary it's you know it's it's one thing when it starts raining on you it's another to start out in the rain oh and no, so no. um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Not but unless I don't, if I don't have a timeline, I ain't going. <laughs> no, it's right now. Riding in the rain is so scary for me that what if Gene just goes crazy? Yeah, and it's like, what if that truck loses a tire? What if that car comes over here? It's it's like constant, and then people don't mm -hmm. realize how observant you have to be as a motorcycle rider. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you see that? Yes, I saw that, and I saw everything else that was around it. Well, you know, not even just that, but the hey, the paint. The paint oh. is slick on the road yeah, when it the rains. Paint's slick, but well, then they're also doing they're doing construction out on forty, mm -hmm. and you've got roads that's been milled and uh and rocks flying. Every, uh, just oil on the road. Oil on the road. <clears throat> Leaves. It's just insane. Yeah, mm -hmm. and people it's like hitting understand. glass. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. and your motorcycle and tires just lose contract and lose traction, and you're gone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, riding in the rain's hard and I can understand why people didn't show up for that one. Cause I would be, one we, of the ones. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, I believe we had 11 bikes out of the 15 nice. and, uh, which, which was a good ride. And we actually debated, um, even though we were, it wasn't raining at the time, the pinnacle is very technical as you get up to the top of it. And so, um, coming down is the more technical part because you've got all these curves, there's no guardrails on it. And um, you've got the, the regular drivers that's driving up there. And so if the rain comes, <clears throat> there's a lot of braking and stuff that yes. that's going to mm -hmm. take place on these curves. And it's, it, like I said, it's just very technical. And so we actually had a conversation with Harley. We left it up to the riders and we said, if, you know, if it does rain, um, are you all okay if we get to Cumberland Gap, but maybe we don't go to the pinnacle. And so we decided we were going to play it by ear as it got closer. And of course we hit some rain along the way, but, and it was upper forties was the temperature which oh. is cold on a bike. And so it was not <laughs> Very raining. Cold. Yeah. When we got to the <laughs> pinnacle, it was not raining. And so we elected to go up there as soon as we get to the top. 
a nice little foggy rain comes. And so oh. we were stuck up there for a little bit of time, letting things kind of uh, calm down. But by the time we were ready to, to go off, uh, the rain had stopped, but we did have a, a wet ride down. So we had, um, you know, we, we leave it based on people's experience level. We did have one bike that did peel off and, and choose not to go up there. Um, because of the temperature and such but every ride that I do whether it be a haunted ghost biker ride a Harley Davidson ride or a ride with the jail because we do host rides out of the jail um, we basically have a good conversation with people that it's like hey no pressure here we keep the rides small so people aren't intimidated by you know other people's riding ability. And mm-hmm. we tell them, you know, ride to your ability. There's no shame in that. Go at your own speed. And, um, you know, we're just going to have a, a good time. There's no pressure, no bravado, no ego when it comes to uh, any of the different rides that we have. And that, and and that's okay. really cool. That's really And that's cool. something that I've discovered as a biker. It's like, I, I'm only two years into riding a bike and mm-hmm. um, I still have yet to ride with a group. And the thing that I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. It's like, no, I haven't ridden a bike. I haven't gone to a ride yet. But they're like, you're on a bike. You're riding. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's all that really counts. Yeah. And and everybody mm-hmm. is so gracious and so helpful. It's just, mm-hmm. it's amazing. The the community that surrounds the bikes is is yeah. almost as supportive as the the good community of paranormal <laughs> but i wanted to say did you um do you know the miracle of ski socks ski socks oh yeah no, get ski no. socks for cold weather riding your feet will not get cold oh that is so smart that is yeah. i will have to do that because i ride oh, winter yeah. or summer and um i never winterize my bike I mean, we're in on the Cumberland Plateau here, we do get more snow than I got when I lived in Chattanooga, but we have a mild enough winter to where you can at least ride, you know, a couple, a couple times out of each month, uh, you know, just if you don't mind cold riding and, uh, yes, you know, most bikers, um, yeah, yeah I look have into to this. definitely look into that because even at be 60 degrees, it gets cool. Because I'm constantly yeah. talking about ski socks because ski socks are also good for cold locations with your ghost hunting too. Uh, yeah. They just your feet will not absolutely. Get cold. It's amazing. That's and that's that's the smart thing. I you know honestly, I really parallel a lot of my ghost hunting with motorcycle riding i mean because they're both very similar not only in what you're doing but also similar in method Mm -hmm. and practice and you know because when you are on a motorcycle you do have to be aware you have Mm -hmm. to plan and you have to um you know expect anything to happen and it really needs to be the same way when it comes to your paranormal investigating because you, you need to be centered and grounded when you go into a location. You need to be focused mm-hmm. on your task that you're doing. Um, so really, like I said, I kind of parallel the two together. Uh, plus planning, planning for me. Now, when I say planning, I don't necessarily go in and say, I'm going to hit this spot, this spot, and this spot. Um, for me, I'm kind of slow when I go in because I like to go in and let the location yep. talk to me and tell me mm-hmm. where I want to investigate. Because every time I make a plan, that plan is not yep. every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 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 Yep. 
Yeah, yeah so it's every, like the location I'm doing tomorrow. I'm just going to take a mini kit up with me. I'm not even going to take all my gear. I'm I'm just mm -hmm. going to go for myself and let the location lead me and enjoy myself. Do it. I mean, do a personal hunt. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's been so long since I've had yeah. without a team. Yeah. And I think we're going to do a mm -hmm. live tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of a live, or at least we'll try to do a little bit of live because we should practice. We'll talk about that offline, but. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, I think that's fantastic. You know, my, I was going to do my finale on Tuesday night and I was worried with Halloween that I wouldn't, um, people wouldn't get to watch there. So that's why I'm, I'm doing mine tonight was, yeah, yeah. Just, just in case, I don't know when everyone all around is doing all their stuff, yeah. you know? Well, um, I've heard a lot of things, things on tonight, days. So, and, and tomorrow night, I usually don't have any trick-or-treaters. So I thought, well, you know, let's go do this bucket list item. Let's go, let's go hunt a haunted location on Halloween. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> I tell you, and, and plus this place I'm highlighting on my season finale, they are a, a working mm -hmm. venue as well. So I wasn't able to get in, yeah, on Halloween. So I thought it'd just end up working right. out might better. Have to, this yeah. might end up on the investigation list for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm still planning my next nice. year's adventures. So that might yeah. be one of them. And we're going to visit you on the 11th. Yeah. Oh, the 11th of uh, November. Yeah. November. K2 is going to be out there on, on nice. the 11th of November. We're very excited. Very, very excited. Nice. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. We still have a few few dates open for uh november and december but i was surprised that i got a and date so, so soon and it was on the date that we wanted so yeah that was amazing and and good just, it's the the ease of booking the location is amazing i thank you so oh, much for you. making that thank easy you. for people um and the dates you could see all the dates on the calendar you could plan what you wanted to do it was perfect um well, thank you. We, I, you know, that's one of the things that both Chris and I been investigating for a long time. And so we really kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, modeled everything like a, a, uh, we would want as an investigator. And one of the things that I think is kind of a pain point with these locations is that mm -hmm. you have to call, you have to go back and forth. You have to, you know, so I wanted something where, <clears throat> exactly. We put everything out there and I wanted it so that people could basically go on. They could book if they had any questions, they could reach out to us, but that it was really a seamless mm -hmm. process, um, you know, as far as booking. So I'm glad to hear that, that uh, it was wonderful. you liked was the, really the process because that's something we put yeah, a lot of really? pride in. It was really good. So how far do you travel that. then on your bike? I travel, I'll travel anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I don't really have a, um, um, a range. Um, now I try to, for my season, I mm -hmm. try to theme it. And so if I'm filming in advance, that sort of thing, but now I'll, I'll yeah. travel all over. Nice. So what's the farthest you've traveled on your bike? Uh, I would probably have to say the furthest would be when I was Did filming down in Florida, central Florida. <laughs> no, but I want to. I've, 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 if, if nothing else, I want to do a saddle. Oh. And uh, 
Yeah, if nothing else, um, that's actually been something I've talked about doing for the last little bit. And I've I've got two routes planned out if I decide to do um, a saddle sore. And for anybody that's that's not aware of what that is, that's um, uh, I believe it's I think it's a thousand miles in no, twenty four hours. I think the iron butt. I think the iron. Is that the a iron butt? Miles in, in, I can look it up. I have the internet. I have look it up internet. because um, the the saddle sore was what I was looking at, and it was from where I was located there in Chattanooga down to um, thousand miles right. in less than is a one thousand miles in less than twenty four hours. And then that's the, is that's that the, the iron butt that's or the saddle, saddle sore? No, I'm looking up the iron butt. That's what I was thinking. The other option on the saddle sore uh, that I looked at was from going here out to it's almost uh, Denver, Colorado. It's out in Colorado. And so you can also do from Chattanooga down to Daytona at um, Bruce Rossmeyer's Harley Davidson and then circle back to your spot. But there's so many or um, things you have to do because you have to stop and you have to get the uh, receipt at mm -hmm. the gas station to prove that, you prove that right? you know, you're doing that uh-huh and uh, there is a rest point that you do have to have but it is uh, so a thousand miles in 24 hours and that's something i've always so, wanted me, to do. i'm going to let's see windows there's the saddle sore so there's several different there's several different ones here let me make that a little bit bigger yeah so mm -hmm. there's the rides that we can do as um as writers. and my my writing mm -hmm. partner is a huge iron butt guy he loves doing iron butts and i'm like nope not gonna do it so the iron butt mm -hmm. is not on this list but i'm seeing that it may be just just like the saddle store yeah because well there's the butt burner yeah because the saddle store kilometers in less than 36 hours that's actually easier uh -huh. than the saddle sore. And so, yeah, yeah, it, it it is. And so basically the reason I liked the saddle sore one is because they do have routes, you know, that you can specifically oh, do, or you can get an approved route from where you're at. And uh, as long as it fits within that thousand time period, because I'm a night owl. I so I think that I could no doubt, um, do that and i want to do it on my iron because my iron is not a comfortable motorcycle and no, it they is are not it, oh. no it's just a little bit away from being a uh, rigid uh, it's it's very rigid it's almost a hardtail and so um one of these days i am going to do that <laughs> and i mean even like the coast to coast ones that they have the great lakes uh -huh. challenge i mean there's a lot of really cool ones that they have, but yeah, one day I will, I will go on. We should do, do a that. ride out to Virginia city, investigate Virginia city, and then ride back. There you go. Works for me. Yeah. Right. I'll fly. I'll fly. Thank you very much. You'll fly. <laughs> yeah. You'll you fly can, because you can I call our riders. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> She's a single oh my girl. God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a bitch seat on mine. <laughs> I don't have a bitch seat on mine either. <laughs> <laughs> I took it off. Nope, I said nope. bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'll fly. Thank you. Nope. <laughs> Even driving that far would be a little bit of a drive. I mean, that would probably be, yeah. But yeah, Virginia City is one of the my all time bucket lists 
you know, that I want to go, yeah. I want to investigate the Goldfield Hotel. I just want to be able to mm -hmm. walk down the main street. You know, Goldfield there's mm -hmm. so I've many different, yeah, there's different energies that are, that are there. And, um, I, I have a, an outstanding invitation from, uh, Michelle LeBaron who says that anytime oh, that you, yeah, yeah. That you want to come down, just hit me up and I'll give you the tour. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's so, a good yeah. tour guide. She is, and yeah, mm -hmm. she's so fun. We, I had her on my other show uh, a couple of years ago. She's so awesome. She is. So, yeah. Oh yeah, she's a cutie. Yeah. Guy. Just any of those places out there are so much fun. It's a um, it's I did a an event type of, of haunt. It is. I, I it I is. I did the people that that went there. They're a different sort mm -hmm. of person. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, just think what it took to get from St. Louis to Portland as a parent as mm -hmm. a pioneer i mean think what that took and so it's a different kind of yeah. feeling when you're in those buildings that are on the west coast different yeah. kind of haunt yeah it, kind of so many different haunts in the different regions around the country and uh we did an event with uh there in deadwood um the spirits of deadwood oh, nice. that and i was i was honestly amazed at just how for how haunted these locations are Deadwood, Tombstone, mm -hmm. Virginia City, all mm -hmm. these places. I'm amazed at how not overly investigated they are. No, you know, mm -mm. they're not. It's just not a very saturated market out there in uh, in the West. Mm -hmm. But amazing history and amazing stories. Amazing. It's just there's just not. I love anything old West. Anything to do with old West. Uh, I'm a, mm -hmm. a big fan of Doc Holliday and this and that. I think there was one time when. Um, I was talking to somebody about, I would, you know, would have liked to have interviewed him, you know what I mean? Just back in the day in his mm -hmm. life. And I was just really thinking about him constantly. And I went to bed and all of a sudden, right before I was going to sleep, his face came like right in front of me and was like, what do you want? You know, <laughs> I was just like, I was just thinking about you. That's all. You know, and <laughs> I have that happen. If I think about somebody too much like that, you know, I mean, it's kind of like I'm tapping their energy and I'm like, I wasn't trying to, I was just thinking about you, you know? So, so yeah, but the, the old West, especially like Deadwood, um, yes. you know, Seth Bullock and that whole mm -hmm. the hotel and the history is, is fascinating. I've never mm -hmm. been there. Um, it is. And I got to sleep in uh, Seth Bullock's room and oh, wow. the money that oh. for, yeah, the money that this event raised, um, it was for Sacred Mountain Retreat, which uh, works for our veterans, first responders and Gold Star families uh, by having Thank them. Thank you for doing um, that, by the, the way. Mm -hmm. you're welcome it it was an amazing event to be uh to be associated with and so uh we led an investigation at it was a three-part investigation one at the bullock the other at the fairmont and the other at the brothel deadwood and so i was stationed at the fairmont and i had no idea of the history that this place held mm -hmm. and to be able to go in there and still see the rings on the floor where they would chain the prostitutes to the floor mm -hmm. um and and that place was that place was no joke mm -hmm. when it came to activity and just history, um, and of course all three of those buildings are located there in um, the the uh, Deadwood Badlands, mm -hmm. and so they were saying that it was like on average seven people a day were killed in that area back during the Wild West days. Oh, yeah. um, so it was 
a very, very violent area. And then, of course, we went up to Mount Moriah where uh, Wild Bill and uh, Calamity Jane mm -hmm. are buried. Um, so it was a cool event. We're hoping to uh, do a second event out there. Um, but again, I was just honestly with all this history, I was really surprised at how few investigators are in that area or have mm -hmm. actually investigated those locations. Well, I, yeah. I think yeah. it's also because we're so widespread. I mean, once you get to the East Coast, you, you got more people in more uh, in a smaller area. I mean, the ratio of mm -hmm. persons to you know, locations out there, it's so vast. And you're driving mm -hmm. yeah, forever yeah. just to get to a location, especially if you're in Nevada. I mean, you can drive 100 yeah. miles on roads that you don't see anything but uh, cactuses and, and brush. And then right. here you are mm -hmm. in another city. It's like, right. how did you people mm -hmm. find this place? Right. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So and if, if yeah. anybody's watching this, you know, or, you know, viewing this and you want us to go out to. um we are more uh, than happy to deadwood and seth bullock hotel um yeah you want to pay for it send yeah, us out we're there. happy yeah we'd love <laughs> to yeah go we'd love there. to go to to that oh, hotel yes. oh my gosh yes. well they they hopefully will be doing this again in september uh of next year i know they're revamping hoping to plan the event um you know a little bit different this coming year uh or i mean next year but i think they are hoping to do it again so yeah. um so as soon as we know something, we'll definitely be putting that yeah, out. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's and just... where are you gonna are you gonna be posting on Facebook? Oh yeah, yeah. I put everything there on on Facebook, YouTube. Um, I do have an event that's gonna be coming up this uh this Saturday night, and it is my last event of the year. I'm actually working with uh haunted, let's see, let me make sure I say that right. It is um uh it is an event that I'm doing in conjunction with um jb coats oh, and I want to name yes yeah, i want I to name the uh nashville it, and went and hugged her big time <laughs> it's uh paranormal adventures oh, events cool. uh tj and them they're the ones that's hosting the event it's going to be this saturday night it's at the hotel metropolitan oh. and it's called harley's and harlot's mystery event and ghost hunt and so it's actually a murder mystery yep. event they've got multiple tickets available and so um, they're going to be doing, um, the ghost hunt first, but you can do the VIP or excuse me, they're doing the murder mystery whodunit mm -hmm. first, and then they're going to have, uh, an optional ghost hunt after they're at, um, I have never got to do the Hotel Metropolitan, well, but I've heard it. some amazing things. I called to get into it, and they really? do paranormal investigations, so the, plus one for them. Really? Yeah, last time I called, they, okay. they weren't even going to entertain the thought. Well, I knew a couple people who uh, who's done investigations there, but I never knew, you know, you never know if it's one of those things. Somebody knows somebody right, or, right. or Very what well could be. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, but it's going to be with um, uh, J.B. Coates there. And I think that um, the Kellys are going to be there. Uh, Gavin and, and Paula, mm -hmm. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. Um but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited when TJ reached out to ask if I would be a part of this event. So that's actually my my last event of of the season. And then, of course, my season is going to be um, ending tonight's the season finale. Um, we may have a little bitty surprise in there um, for after Halloween, but <laughs> for right now, yeah. tonight's the season finale. That's right. awesome. That, I'm right. I'm yeah. so happy that you have found a place to express your passion 
and to yeah. to be able to do what it is that you love riding the bike doing paranormal writing stories I, it's kudos 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 yeah. kudos yes. yeah yeah oh, most definitely amazing most definitely. amazing so I think we're about at the end of the show. We are. So, yeah. So. Oh, we got somebody um, from the UK today. Yeah. We got Emma. Much Emma love. Jane from the UK. Yay. Nice. So yeah. So, um, thank you again, Miranda. We we just mm -hmm. you know I could oh. just sit and listen to you all the time. What? Do what? we get a preview of what Sally's outfit will be for tomorrow? Uh, you have to, you'll have to, if you want to see, you got to look onto the historic Scott County jail Facebook page or follow her on Instagram under oh, Sally she the jail has cat. one. Oh, now I'm going to have to go. Follow she, her. Of course. Go she follow has her. a castle and an Instagram oh, my account. Goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. It just, and, and to re reiterate what I did when Chris was on the show, it's like that whole video of her getting put in the, in the gift shop and the door oh. closed. Oh, she was ticked off. She's like, how dare she was, you do and this she to goes me? in there. Yeah, she goes in there all the time. She stays in there because we're there whenever the teams are there. She goes in. She stays in there during the day, and so you can clearly tell. I mean, within she seconds was, of this cat being put, in, oh, she was pissed. Oh, she yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. And she, she never does happy. that. No, we will close her in there sometimes whenever uh, we have, when we do tours and stuff. Uh, most times she goes around with us, but every now and then we'll close her in there. And she's just fine with it. She goes in there. So clearly she was not expecting that and not very happy about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. I can't wait to meet her next, or a couple of weeks from now. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, uh, Miranda? And... Uh... We'll finish this up. Absolutely. So you guys can go back and watch the past five seasons and part of season six on the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook page and Ghost Biker Explorations YouTube channel. You can also check out Ghost Biker Exploration merch, events, and things that are going on on www.ghostbikerexplorations.com. We are wrapping up season six tonight. It will be live 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's at least going to be a two-hour live, and um, you know you can help me with the investigation by going and telling me where and what to do whenever we're there and of course we'll reveal the actual spot of our location which is definitely one you're going to want to tune in for because this i'm going to watch that, it uh, i'm going to watch history. it yeah because yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. i'm excited to find out where it is you're um, going what those stories are <laughs> right. it's uh it's it's going to be different and so i'm actually like i said after we're done i'm gonna uh head up that way because i'm supposed to uh i've got to get up there early in advance to kind of set up and mm -hmm. get my tour of the location. I've been there before, but never been there as an investigator. Nice. So right. very nice. So yeah. Very, so everybody, nice. thank you for tuning into the show. We've had uh, quite a few different people that chimed Great in on our, yeah, on our uh, chats today. So you will find this episode uploaded on everywhere. You get your podcasts, iHeartRadio or Google, uh, Apple. So yeah, everybody, Thanks again for a great show. And we thank uh, Miranda and I thank, thank my other host, Kelly. Everybody have a great day and we will see you next week. Thank you all so much.